now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for checking out Year Round Carnival. Each and every Monday we look at the best racing from Melbourne and Sydney and we do it via the lens of Vince Accardi and his daily sectionals profile. G'day, Vince. Top of the morning to you, Ralphie. Mate, some, uh, some pretty good racing. Uh, I think no doubt aided by some uh, by some good weather, clean tracks, and we'll start with Rose Hill. This time last year, Vince, can you believe this? There was a, the Winter Challenge, now on Sunday, is won by Barbie's Fox, but... Ran, running third was Gold Trip. Running seventh was Durston. So the future Melbourne Cup winner ran this race last year. But Barbie's Fox as a horse has been going really well. Before we get into that racing specifically, uh, how did the track play, Rose Hill? Well, like you said, Ralphie, it's like that's perfect. Absolutely yeah. perfect. I'm looking at the overall dashboard and just seeing the day. Ten races, Rose Hill, to the 800. Overall, the... Uh, Figure is 0.03, like it, that's perfect. To the 600, 0.02. When have I seen that? I don't remember, right? 400 metres, minus 0.02, like perfect. And then the last 200 metres, 0.38. So absolutely spot on. Lovely. All right. Well, Barbie's Fox won the main race. This is what we wrote about her in Sizzler's two starts back, uh, sorry, two weeks back in her previous start. 1.3 links below benchmark, rank 15th of the day. We rarely stamp an unlucky runner. This mare clearly was that, running out of room in the straight, but there was substance to the data to go with it. Just minus 9.3 at the 800, then plus 2.3, 800 to 400. That's a significant 11.6 link squeeze. Last 400 was 6.2 which is 3.5 from the 400-200 before 2.7 last 200 as she lost all momentum. Has a PB of plus one set at Caulfield last August over a mile. We note this is just her second prep with Team Hayes, so despite being an older mare, she's clearly racing at the peak of her form. What she doing Saturday? Peak of her form's an understatement, Ralphie. <laughs> there it is, best of the day, plus two. Just, I'm, I was trying to work out how on earth did you manage to do that, but circumstances were perfect. The good speed through the first section, um, compared to, say, the most recent three starts for this horse, 5.7 lengths below benchmark. Magnificent move in the mid-race, and probably one of the key attributes here, going from minus 5.7 up plus 4.2, just outside the sort of top 10 mid-race squeezes of the day, and then a 4.5 lengths faster than the standard overall last 400. Very, very strong performance. And um, when I say surprise, uh, you know, like it's actually outstripped by length, and I was out hunting to chop it down. But there was nothing to chop down. I mean, the performance was great. Well, you, you, on Sunday morning, and of course, what I wrote about Sizzlers is after a race, Saturday morning, your race speed profiles is when you've had to be able to assess what's in front of you. And you said if she was within striking distance on the turn, that was her key. And really, uh, good speed in the, in the, uh, from the leaders. And she was just close enough in that sort of elastic band, as you like to call it. Absolutely. And that extra 100 metres also helped. I guess some of the pluses were that run leading in the way the horse finished off the last 400 metres with a 6.2 lengths faster than standard was very, very uh, big indicated the horse was where it should be. But I just was really, really taken by the run. And obviously the, the stable got this horse spot on. And mares, when they're at this sort of age, if they're in the right form, they tend to continue to run well. And really, if we look at these last four runs, that's what we've seen. We've seen this horse race real well. Uh, now, the runner-up was good odds, but it was spec, $21 into 15s. Now with Mark Minervini, the point being, 
don't just look at the odds, look at its history. And this is a horse who's had talent as a younger horse when with Team Williams. Obviously, the stable got him going well too. They really have, particularly given that this horse has almost gone plus two at around that 2,000 metre range. And you know that this horse is going to love it as the distance gets longer. And I, I just thought this was another runner that had a real strong performance, going a little bit faster than Barbie's Fox through that first section, about a length and a half. Didn't quite match it in the mid-race and then just tapered slightly uh, behind Barbie's Fox over the last sort of two and 400 metres, to the tune of around one to one and a half lengths. But that's a great second up run. And wow, you know, like this horse absolutely trending in the right direction. I wonder where they're headed with this horse because victory is very close. Nice. 1.6 lengths above benchmarks. Very nice time at this time of year. And Steely, I think we can just, uh, the, the stable just have to say, well, he's, just, he's a miler. He's not a 2,000 horse. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So he's ran well, ran to his best, and he hasn't won for a while. And that might actually, as we've seen recently in Melbourne a couple of times, with horses like uh, Riddle Me That and Young Worth, sometimes when a horse hasn't won for a while, it's not because they're non-genuine. Circumstances haven't permitted, and you end up getting a very good price on a horse like this. Yeah, for sure. And and the reality is it's proven on more than one occasion that it does like a good campaign. And it's, it's had a pretty strong campaign so far without winning, but... They've just, you know, it's just like everything else. You just need a little bit of luck on the day on who turns up. But they've got this horse in the best form they can have it in. Oh, well, the best form possible is also with Omni-Man in the uh, one of the July sprint. This was a classic pincer mo- movement, Vince, if you like. One was a, sp- a speed horse up front, and the other's a big closer in Dragonstone. There was a nose between them on the line. Vinci Data's come through, and I've had a good look at this, these 200 breakdowns. Talk me through how good a ride this was from Rachel King, because when you win by a millimetre uh, in an 1,100-metre sprint as a leader, that is perfection. Yeah, and what was I loved personally is there was no way – that she wanted to, you know, go easy on the horse. Good, solid speed through that first 300 metres, 0.5 above. Did everything that it could to try and sustain that speed between the 8 and the 400. Mind you, in that whole field, there's only a couple of runners that actually went faster in the mid-race with a much softer first section. That's probably further insight to how well Omni-Man's going and how well it's been ridden. And then coming down to what you were touching on, Ralphie, those micro splits between the six and the four point six below, the four and the two point six below, and last two hundred meters point five below. And one last thing, Ralphie, I felt that the horse was outside the lanes, right? As well. So the best lanes in the day were probably six off. Yeah, exactly. Four, yep. four off the fence or or more. Yep. So Dragonstone, he's a big closer. We know what he can do. He ran the second best last 800 of the day. He's pretty much run to his best, but, you know, afterwards, and if you if you backed him, uh, you, you can say, well, I'm unlucky, but that's the classic case of uh, leaders make their own luck. Yeah, that's that's true. But, when again, I look at the ride and gone a little bit faster than the start before. In yep. fact, fastest for the campaign. Not saying optimum, optimum speed, but this is looks like a good zone speed for the horse. The move in the mid-race probably couldn't have moved that much more than what it did because it was just sustained pressure going from 3.3 below to 0.3 below. And yes, left it all for the last 400 metres and just wasn't enough. A uh, couple other uh, ho- runs of interest, um, one being uh, race seven. So Kangaroo Courts won, uh, hadn't shown a lot, but you you, you found uh, in, in your race speed profiles it was, uh, it was $15. You had it in your most advantage. Chorton Lane was the hore that, um, you know, disappointed the, the market. 
But now the, uh, the numbers have come through, it's gone from a very slow race with a booming close to a very fast race, and that couldn't have uh, couldn't have helped it because it's just a totally different circumstance for the horse on the day. No, very true, Ralphie. I was articulating on that Sky Big Sports Radio on Friday morning because they were sort of wanted a comparison between the two gay Waterhouse's horses, how good I said, how good you are, and Kangaroo Court. And when we looked at the intel in the morning, we could see that Kangaroo Court definitely had a distinct edge in terms of performances, though, because they both ran on the same track in different races. So that was a, a positive sign. And Charlton Lane was probably the big horse who's, you know, looked like had the possible talent of being far superior. It's like everything subject to the to the race shape, but here it is. You were right about that particular scenario with that horse, Ralphie. I mean, goodness me, huge reversal in speed. It makes it tough. <laughs> what do you do? You, I look at that first section. It's the typical thing at fifteen hundred meters. They tend to run it like really hard, generally speaking, and six point one lengths faster than that's a that's a solid speed and a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, it's a leader. This is how good you are. I mean, I was surprised they went that hard, but not surprised about wanting to own the front because this is the Waterhouse strategy. Yeah. Charlton Lane, they put in a position where it had to go plus 1.1 and Kangaroo Court had to be travelling 2.1 above. It did really leave it for negative splits for all of them. The big plus for me was I was surprised that Kangaroo could actually break benchmark over the last 200 metres because that, that was, like I said, it was solid pressure for a lot of horses that were going into the race nowhere near this sort of speed in their previous attempts. So Robert's asked us, our member, we ask our members if they want to ask any questions, and Robert's asked, uh, no doubt a bit of flatness, Reed Chorton Lane or something else in the data to explain that performance. Well, race to race, this horse first section has had to go, what, nine lengths faster? Well, this is the thing, 8.5 lengths below benchmark through the first section there is possibly a little bit of flatness Ralphie because if you look at that run 1.4 above between the eight and the four seven lengths faster than standard over the last four I mean that's super super finish and a signal of you know huge talent but yes to turn up if you were possibly flat the last thing you want is to be going more than a length faster than standard or what is it a nearly one and three quarter seconds quicker from one run to the other so I think that a rebound's imminent. All right, one to, one to watch going forward there. And we'll just uh, we'll finish up with, uh, with Sydney here. With uh, I want to ask you about Brudinell. I thought it was a, a very good chance of winning. Um, but over the journey, sometimes you've said Tim Clark can go a little bit slow. Now, if we compare what we said earlier with uh, Rachel King on Omni-Man to what Tim Clark did on Brudinell, did he go too slow? Uh, five lengths below standard through the first section. 1,200 metres, well, small field, big possibility of no pace, right? Yep. There is that chance, and this is what we had. We had a race with no pace and was controlling up front. Yeah, uh, I was just thinking about your comments about Tim Clark. He's never um, – how do I put it? He's not the best rider on speed, well, particularly if you have to control the speed, but I felt – in this situation, he – what would have happened if he had gone much faster? Maybe maybe not a lot, Ralphie. Right. Because um, the move was 
good in the mid-race. Like, there was no slowdown. Like, it went from minus 5 to plus 1.2. And then, yeah, the horse weakened. That mid-race exertion is probably what's costed the race, Rolfie. So, okay, coming back now, now that I've had a closer look at this, yeah, if you would have gone two, three lengths faster than your mid-race squeeze wouldn't have been as much. Maybe you wouldn't have tanked out. You would have still sustained your speed at the end, and that could have been the difference between winning and losing because the NPS margin saying there was pretty much nothing between the first three horses across the line. All right, and uh, and by the way, I always emphasize we're looking at data. We're not uh, we're, our our chair's not going sixty k's an hour, but it's just uh, it's just interesting to compare the uh, the the, uh, the riding styles, if you like, of the uh, of the two riders. Um, let's let's finish with one. I just want to be very happy with this one, Vincent Kirkby, because Kirkby in our uh, in our Sizzlers eighth of Randwick, leading run. Well, do we write? Minus 0.9 lengths below benchmark, ranking ninth on the day. Ready. Third up on the quick backup from Rosia last Saturday when minus 1.6 lengths below benchmark, ranked 26 of the day over 1,800. Here, given his mid-race slowdown and no wide lane advantage, he's set to match his all-time best of plus one set at Warwick Farm in March over 21.10 metres. I went on to uh, explain the breakdowns, but he's got the money at big odds here and a t- super Brett Preble ride. Well, yeah, this is it. Super Brett Preble ride. Probably a touch further back than ideal, but the move between the eight and the four hundred was fantastic. That it was a what eleven point three length mid race squeeze, which was fantastic. And then last four hundred meters plus one point nine, got into the top ten for the day, Ralphie. And yeah, you only have to go back to like you said the Warwick Farm run of last campaign to give you that confidence that this horse has got ability or some ability and definitely likes the clean tracks, Ralphie. Now, he ran second to uh, uh, Man Behind the Money. Uh, when Man Behind the Money led all the way on Saturday, Zach Lloyd had a bit of a look and thought, no, I'll go for cover. How'd that work for him? <laughs> <laughs> well, not good. <laughs> definitely not good. It was just uh, an abomination in the end. Yeah, so he's he's um he's elected to have a look, and I'm I'm also using this via the lens of what the stewards report said afterwards as well. But when he led all the way for uh, for Regan Bayless, plus four point five lengths above benchmark over two thousand on Sunday, he's going eleven lengths slower. Yeah, it doesn't it make you think like why does that happen, right? And he just there's a bit of trying to nurse a horse over distance to change a race pattern. You know, he goes for 2,200. Well, let's just let's try and nurse him. Whereas <laughs> sometimes you're better off just letting them roll, see what they can do. Yeah, well, that's possible as well. But sometimes horses, like, you know, if you look at that last start win, like, that was a really quick speed. Maybe the horse just lost a little bit of speed early and needed time. Yep. You just don't know, Ralph, because the mid race move was pretty strong and then it, you know, tanked out, just didn't have uh, what was needed to win. It could have even, you know, I'm not going to say it's not possible for that horse not to have been somewhat flattened because that run at Randwick over 2,000 metres, if you look at that history, just those four runs going from 16.2 lengths below benchmark and still the run leading into that Randwick run was still two lengths below and then all of a sudden you're having to find another five or six lengths and you're stepping up in distance. It can take it out of them. Well, it's a 14 day backup, yep. Sure. Well, they've uh, they've said they're going to spell the horse, so maybe uh, let's see what he can do. There with, you go. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring him bring him back over summer, and he can be a bit of an, an ATM for us. Um, yep. Brett's asked us, not sure if Vince's clock trials from Rose Hill last Friday. I'd love to hear you discuss extremely lucky's trial. Obviously, big raps on us last year. It's not been seen for a whole year, and it's now with Chris Waller. So, Vince, I'll uh, we'll put that on notice, and from next week. 
what we'll do for our members. We'll start looking at these good horses. I noticed Mr. Brightside has returned with the jump out of Flemington, and you clock all these. So yep. next week we'll start doing some members bonus podcasts and, and focus on the good horse returning. But that extremely lucky. Ooh, he, he'd, he'd run some nice times. I didn't know he'd transferred to Chris Waller. I think they'll have a bit of fun with him. Yeah, well, let me just have a look. I actually did do the trials. I haven't uh, sort of finished doing the benchmarks, but they've all been uh, timed. So let me just, if you, if you just you got right. a minute, Ralphie, I'll uh, pull this up and we'll, we'll have a bit of a deep dive on it and see what the story is. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Well, uh, yes. Well, yeah, we'll there were some. Our, 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 our loyal members up to speed with the best information. Yeah, for sure. So let's have a look. Uh, there it is. Okay, trial number three. So here we go. Overall time, 56 7. <laughs> uh, 46 26 last day, 3406. Because I haven't done the adjustments, 22. Okay, 1082. Let me just see what that looks like for the day. 1082, last two. And this was awesome. Okay, Blooming there you go. Closing when he was racing. Uh, that's the uh, fastest time of the morning for the last 200 metres. So that's a positive sign. So in terms of benchmark, because I haven't done the adjustment yet, I'm suspecting that's going to be a genuine plus sort of three, four last 200 metres, which is very, very strong. From an overall time, let me just see what we've got here. 900 metres, yeah. Okay, so there's only the... There were, there were a couple of other trials that were better in terms of overall performances, but this runner will definitely have come back, you know, a top 10 trialer of the morning. Lovely. And we, we often say that with uh, Chris Waller recruits, generally their first up run, he likes to see what's under the bonnet. Absolutely. <laughs> so exciting, exciting times there for extremely lucky horse of genuine talent. Right, let's have a look at Caulfield. And Vince, uh, once again, we, we had a good track in Melbourne too, which was pretty rare at this time of year, and it seemed to uh, race perfectly. What was your thoughts? Hey, that's the best, isn't it? Yep. To have this situation, I, I was so happy. Again, love the fact to the 800, 0.69 below standard, and I would say... It's probably slightly better than that because that last race on the card was uh, much, much slower. It was like deliberate uh, slow pace scenario. So this is a lot closer to benchmark. To the 600, again, we'll benchmark. And then really, when we look at from the 400 home, it was rock solid G3, Ralphie. I mean, 1.26 fast and standard and 1.9 fast and standard. Very, very solid track. Lovely. All right. Well, the Bletchingley was the main race. Just before we get to the Bletchingley, the members bonus podcast today, the July Everest. We're going to look at the best five runners in the market at the moment for the Everest, of course, three months away in mid-October. But horses like I Wish I Win and Giga Kick and Peritrees, we're going to have a bit of a look at them as if the race was this Saturday. And there'll be a bonus podcast for our Group 1 members to become a member via my website, racetrackrelfie.com.au. Support the fact that we're independent, corporate bookmaker, ad-free. And if you're a Group 1 member, you'll be receiving that uh, podcast this morning and I'll just be looking at the top five runners in the Everest. Vince, with ingratiating, we know he's a good horse with really good talent. Blake Shin put on a masterclass again on the day. How good is he riding? With your race speed profiles, you had him on top and you surmised by saying his resuming run was below expectation. 14 days back, but he should derive great benefit from the run, especially from the fitness perspective. Notable 
Noticeable 3.7 lengths conditioning blowout last 200. High class sprinter went at the top of his game. He's proven in the past he can elevate sharply both early in his campaign and run to run while his heights of his peak last campaign 2.1 above benchmark. Now that was second Caulfield Guineas day to his stay weight Palili who went on to win the winter bottom. Uh, looked lofty for a first up run. It does highlight the scope for improvement. Level required to feature in the finish. Well within his capabilities. We're looking for a sharp parade for him and the lead in he's come right on from a fitness perspective. Oh, and for a green light from the parade, looms major threat. Now, he also had the tongue tie on. Vince, this stable, the Melbourne stable, James Cummings, they've had a fantastic few months. I mean, they're, they're good anyway, but their stats are through the roof, and this horse came to play. Yep, that's for sure. And did it ever come to play? Beautiful. I mean, what an, I mean, overall performance... You know, there was only one horse that was better on the day, but plus 1.4, second best of the day. Really interesting. First section of speed-wise, virtually identical to the first up run, right? 4.5 yep. versus 4.7 first up. But here's the thing. In the mid-race, the rider didn't overextend, which this is the, the art of shin, right? Not yeah. overextend. It could have easily... Now, now that because we've got the data of the last 400, right? This horse could have gone two, three, four lengths faster in the mid race, would have changed the whole dynamics of the performance. But no, he took care of the horse and said, Well, I don't need to. Only improved the pace by 2.8 lengths, right? Still traveling 1.7 lengths below benchmark. And then the horse goes on and records a new PB for the last 400 plus 7.9. If that's not a sign about how good it's going, Ralphie, <laughs> the last time this horse went near that top speed for the last 400, you have to go first up February 2022 Caulfield 1100 when it went 6.6 .6 lengths faster than standard off virtually the same first sectional speed. What I love about when, it, when a horse is a stallion and showing that tenacity, you know they're going to keep improving because they, 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 they want to win. They, they, they want to, and I heard all that communication uh, post-race as well, which is what I like hearing what information they can bring out from Blake Shin. So this has got uh, scope for improvement. I'm just wondering well, through the data only and, and your, your thoughts. There's a 1,400 Peter Lawrence uh, in, in, I think, what, three weeks' time at, at Caulfield. Is there any reason he won't run 1,400? No, no, there's absolutely nothing to give that indication. It's probably just going to get back down to how the horses manage through the first half of the race will be the, the key element to what may or may not happen over the last 400 for the horse to be able to get a really strong 1,400. Not sure what you think. I thought DDN will rode the perfect race of General Bow, who's probably 1,200 at the end of his distance range, and that meant all the others behind him had to, had to take their, their position, including It's Our Time. Has he ever... Has he ever ran a better last 400 in his career? I don't think oh, he would have, would he? No. Nah, yeah, it was phenomenal, Ralph. He was absolutely phenomenal. Super, super slick. I mean, going, you know, two lengths slower through the first section than ingratiating. Yep. About the, oh, maybe a length slower between the eight and the 400. So overall, energy conserving three lengths versus when you, you, you're looking at directly against the winner and an overall last 409.4 that's about what 1.5 lengths faster so again probably maximize their situation in terms of getting the best out of the horse but it's one of those things Rolfie there's no point in having the best energy late if you um are conserving too much energy through the first half of the race. Right. And and, and uh, I mentioned the, the Peter Lawrence 1400. I'm not sure what they'll do with ingratiating, but I'd be surprised if they haven't got a big circle around it for Nicolini Vito 1400 off of this first up run. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, Sorry, second up run. 
the sign is, are you sort of indicating enough they're all going to come and meet each other? Well, not no, I'm not sure about the others, but I think Nicolini Vito, that would be its absolute short, short-term target race, the 1400 Group 2. Oh, well, you have a look at it. First up, 6.1 lengths below standard, turns up in this race and breaks benchmark. Yep. And now finds itself like huge improvement from one run to the other. And then, like you said, Ralph, you don't have to go too far back. There it is, Flemington 1400, December 22, 2.3 above, best of the day. And what a run it was that day. Now, if you turn up and run to that sort of level, that would be very hard to beat. All right. Well, uh, speaking of the Blue Jackets, who won there with uh, with the ingratiating, a race earlier, Varvia. She won by a big margin at the start before. A couple of circumstances were in her favour, but you did said this is a this is a filly on the rise. Any reason to change that call? No, 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 <laughs> and absolutely not, Ralphie. At not at all. I mean, goodness me, one point five above, best of the day, probably. You know, like I was really debating. You know, was the run closer to plus two or one point five? And the reality is, when I weighed everything up, I mean. You just look at the closing splits, and this is the thing, right? I couldn't fault it. Yep. Like eight to the six point one below, six to the four plus one point one, four to the two plus one point nine, last two hundred meters plus two point eight. And this is always the challenge about when you want to do your adjustments and you look at all the factors. Whilst I felt like right at the top figure was a plus two, I was looking to be able to, you know, rubber stamp that I was looking for the possibility. Was there any glitches in the run? Now Probably on this is now in hindsight from last night to today, right? I then have another look and said, "Well, you're still improving on your speed." That just sort of probably means bottom line we're we're trending upwards. So one point five's rock solid performance with an upward trend still to come, and that upward trend could be half a length or slightly more. And wow, for a three year old filly right now, Ralphie, that's exciting. Blake Shin, he's such a good barrier jockey. I mean, he's a good jockey full stop, but as a barrier jockey, because his leading uh, run when it bolted in, there was a big headwind day. He drew wide. He jumped well. He had a look. He got uh, no point going forward. I'll, I'll just I'll just slot in behind him and then and then smashed him. But on Saturday, there was, was he going to be right at the back? No way. He'll get the horse out and see where he's best position. Right, yeah. <laughs> right in the sweet spot. Yeah, way too smart. And then he used the horses, the tactical speed because it does have good speed and. Here's another runner, Ralphie. It can handle wet ground, but only just. It's far superior horse on clean ground, and you could see it. And when these horses can run fast, they need that clean ground to you know maximise their efficiency. And then I look at sort of the overall last thousand for the day as well. I mean, fifth best of the day, pretty pretty solid. All right. Well, uh, just to underline that this cape is never easy because a lot of people thought. Including me, <laughs> might, might, might be a might be a three three start for three window for uh, for the Blue Jackets. But uh, uh-uh. Ken, what happened? <laughs> Is there anything in the numbers to say why it didn't win? It, it seemed like a race of little change, anyway. <laughs> well. I guess the first step is nice pace through the first section plus one point four. So that, that's probably the starting point. That was what Tycoon Jenny sort of take him out and say, okay, we're going to make this a little bit of a race, which is always good to see. For Kin, I guess this is what you've got to look at, Ralphie. If you look at the last three runs, last start leading into this race, 5.1 lengths below benchmark. The run before, this is first section, 4.1 below benchmark. And then the run before that, 
7.3 lengths below benchmark. So three soft runs as a lead into this race. This is first section. And now it's gone minus 1.3. And you sort of look at it and say, okay, well, that's not that much of an increase. But if you look at this horse's profile and you try and get some clarity around, that's very close to as fast as the horse wants to go, Ralphie. Because when I look at the structure of this horse, the if you're at 1,000 metres, probably benchmark minus one tops the horse out. So this horse has sort of been asked to run around that benchmark speed, uh, around that 1,000-metre profile speed, but we're at 1,100. I don't think this horse was helped, I don't believe, between the 8 and the 400 with that slight softening of the pressure that didn't work for the horse. And then the close, it was good. It was a plus 1.1. Nowhere near as dynamic as the previous two runs. So that suggests to me this is a horse that likes to be in a race where there's um, less tempo, Ralphie. Or back to 1,000, where it can just float out the back and yep. <laughs> board yep. spring. Yeah. Correct, yep. All right, that's, that's an interesting one because maybe up the straight might be its go or even 1,000 at Mooney Valley where they completely overdo it up front, in the, uh, uh, providing, of course, <laughs> it's, a, it's a run on day. What did we learn the last from this St. Lawrence? Yet to do a big overall time, but uh, he's a winner and he's, uh, he's what's he up to now? Six from seven and uh, and he absolutely justified the very short price in the market. Yeah, yeah, I, I like this horse, Ralphie. I mean, given, okay, where it's at in its sort of career pattern, I mean, it's a four-year-old, it's a, that's a nice sign. But the reality is this. This is two runs in a row now where the horse has gone through the first section 10 lengths below benchmark or slower. Here it is in this race, 10 lengths below benchmark, the first up run was 10.9 below benchmark. I mean, you couldn't ask a horse to go any slower. Now, mind you, this horse has got the capacity of going much faster than that through the first section. But what they're doing is they're obviously allowing this horse to just relax, get out the back because they must be chasing longer distances, Ralphie. The move in the mid-race, though, super, super strong. What is it, 11.4? Top five for the day? And then last 400 metres, 5.9 lengths faster than standard. Like, that probably confirmed for the stable that this strategy of just not having to use a, a lot of energy early is definitely winning for them. And when I say winning for them, is particularly early in the campaign, if you're not overextending, what you're doing is you're allowing the horse to just build naturally and you probably get more out of your campaign. And... Probably a little bit early to say, but they must be looking at some early spring races or something, Ralph, because this horse has got those signs. What, uh, and uh, speaking of spring, Molly Nickers. Now, Peter Moody mentioned after the race that he won this race with uh, Boogie Dance last year that went on to uh, to start favourite in the 1,000 guineas. It was an end of prep run. But at the time, Boogie Dance was winning on very wet ground, so I don't think we really got to see how good she was other than she was winning and winning well. This horse went from Mowie on a wet track to Caulfield on a good track. The market smashed it into odds on, and I thought that that's a fair sign that the market knew there was a lot more to come. Uh, what's what's your what's your trend line saying? Well, 0.5 below got in the top ten for the day, which is good. Look at that oh, slowdown from the 400 200 in traffic. Yeah, lost one point one lengths, which, as you know, Ralph, it never helps a horse in that sort of situation, and then. Yeah, nice rebound given the circumstances. Mind you, this this is a reasonably good pace for a fourteen hundred meters, particularly at this time of the year. 
they're moving. I mean, yeah. three and a half lengths above benchmarks lead speed. That that's that's a good pace, Ralphie. And you know, I felt that the ride was like, in terms of judging where you needed to be, is like right on the money. That's exactly where you needed to be to get the maximum energy efficiency. No real overextension in the mid race. All I can say is this, Rolf, if you compare it to the first up run where it was best of the day, even though the difference is only three quarters of a length, the reality is there's a lot to sort of indicate this horse's had to do a lot of improving through those first two sections because of the dry ground. I'm suspecting the horse had a lot more speed. Um, well, this is a runner that is definitely proven that it can handle wet and dry ground now. Can it go much further? Well, there's got to be at least another length in the horse minimum. Yeah, no, this time of year, that's that's good enough. Generally, in uh, in in these early sort of three year old fillies race, as they as they uh, turn into the older group, August one. All right. Um, now, like I said, July Everest coming up for if you're a Group One member. In the meantime, we really appreciate you tuning into Year Round Carnival. All events, Cardi's work via DailySectionals.com.au, mine via RacetrackRalphie.com.au. <laughs>